Okay, well, welcome. We are on our podcast this week. Here's our new episode. I am sitting in my car with my friend Chad Norris, uh, who's over from the States visiting us. And uh, I feel a little bit like James Corden <laughs> sitting here. Uh, we could do a song for you maybe later, uh, but we want to kind of dive straight in. So, uh, uh, Chad, thanks for being here, ma'am. Uh, we're enjoying the view of the National Park once again. We're on location. Today we were just talking about how um, uh, whenever Jane Austen movies need to get filmed, they pretty much come here. Well, the first thing I said was, surely there's been movies filmed here. It's just beautiful. I've, I've been to a lot of places in the world, but this is absolutely about as gorgeous as anything I've seen. It is. And if you drive just down the, down the hill from where we are, there's a place called Surprise View, where you just come out into the open and you can see this whole vista and the whole valley. It's called the Hope Valley. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it is absolutely spectacular. Uh, so how are you? What's going on in your life today? What are you thinking? It's going really good. I've, I've enjoyed my time here. I feel like I'm in a James Bond movie right now with all these British looking cars whizzing by. Zooming past, yes. Now, I had a good time this morning just getting to know different leaders at the church you lead with Marjorie the Well mm. and getting to know stories. I love people's stories. Yeah. Getting to know people. Yeah. Well, we're enjoying getting to know you as well, man. Yeah, me too. It's uh, There's something we've been talking a little, haven't we, about D mystifying things taking yeah. the taking the kind of special pastor kind of thing or the the stage presence or even yeah. the books and just taking that away and saying you know what this is actually just about real people mm -hmm. in conversation with god in friendship with each other working out how do we let this stuff out into the world around us the father showed me about a year ago that he was actually dismantling a lot of uh, the famous mindset stuff and even dismantling ministries and he said this this next move will be about the nobodies it's because we all have a, a role to play in sharing our stories and yeah. and uh, if you have to pay money to go to a conference to see the great man of God or woman of God it may be time for some new theology because we all are that we're seeing it manifest in the church that I lead just normal common people doing the stuff right you, what, so you are am I interviewing you or are you interviewing me at this moment <laughs> well I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. So I've, sure I've known you for a, a few years now and watching you lead and watching your kiddos and just who you are as a person. A, an image that I feel like the Father's showing me. Have you ever seen a gas truck on the side of the road that's run out of gas? It's pretty funny. So it's a <laughs> truck that carries gas yep. and a huge tube in the back, but it's yep. run out of gas. I just noticed that a lot of leaders run out of gas you're called to carry oil give oil away freshness what do you do as a leader as a dad as a husband to stay full of gas because a lot of i think 1.7 years is the average tenure of a lead pastor in the states yes okay think about that 1.7 a lot of leaders even no. in the marketplace they're running out of gas yeah, yeah, yeah. exhaustion it's not just yeah. a western thing it's all over the world Right. What do you do to stay plugged into the Father? I think one of the things that we've my Marjorie is keen, my wife Marjorie is keen on uh, is key on this because we're partners in life together. One of the things we've learned to do is is give thanks. It's incredibly powerful. Um, the, there are passages in the New Testament where again and again we're called. It says, "Do this, do this, and give thanks, and be thankful all the time. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always." Um, you know, and and pray at all times. But there's all these passages that say be thankful, and we've learned uh, the discipline of thanksgiving. So you can give thanks in all circumstances, um, and uh, and so t sharing the story, testimony, the story of what God is doing, 
keeps me personally motivated. It makes me slightly giddy when we hear stories of people coming to faith or um, lives being transformed. Uh, and um, Marjorie and I do it as a discipline. So, I mean, I can remember some terrible times actually in life. Uh, I can remember receiving a phone call to hear that somebody had just died and we were going to pray for that person to be raised from the dead because they were, they were young, it was untimely, it wasn't, wasn't a natural thing to happen to that person. Um, but, but I found my first thing that I did before I got into intercession or whatever was I just gave thanks. I gave thanks for that person. Um, you can give thanks in all circumstances. So that's one of the ways definitely I found that I uh, can keep energised. Uh, I, don't, I don't think... Um, I don't think you have to burn out. I don't think. I think that's shocking that it, the average tenure is 1.7 years. I, I don't think it's probably like that in England in terms of the, the length of time. But are there lots of burned out ministers of churches? Yes, there are. Um, another thing we do is we share the load. I mean, Jesus didn't ask us to carry. Uh, that's key. Churches. You talking about you and Marjorie? Yeah. I, I don't see that in a lot of places. Where mm. did that passion come from? To share it out. Um, well, uh, it's common sense like you can't Not in the states you can't grow you can't um grow anything out multiply things if you keep hold of things uh so jesus says freely you've received freely give so uh it, it, the reason that i i'm i'm confident to pass uh, leadership or um responsibility on to others is because i don't feel like i have to prove anything mm. Uh, and so the reason that uh, a lot of the reason that we stay energized and positive is because I've already won. I'm already a child of the king. That's it. That's who I am. I'm very confident in my identity. And the Lord has grown that in us over the years. And so um, I know I have nothing to lose and I have nothing to prove with God. So that means I can risk it all. And, you know, once or twice in our lives, we've had to we've been in we've had our we've been in a tight corner. Um, life's not always been exciting and, and easy in ministry, but that isn't the point. The point is, um, like you would say, am I walking in friendship with God? And if I'm doing that, then I'm being obedient to what I'm asked to do on planet Earth. And am I sharing what I'm experiencing with other people? Um, and you can do that in all circumstances, whether it's going well for you in the workplace or the you know your job or not. So we keep ourselves uh, energized by. Uh, I don't have to prove anything, but, it, but because I know God loves me, I want to do all sorts of stuff for him. I want to see the kingdom come. So it's exciting. I, I, it, it frustrates me personally to see people who are, who are cynical about the Christian faith, Christians who get cynical, um, because, well, because, I mean, where's that in the Bible? It, 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 so I'll give you another example of, of, can I just keep talking? You okay with that? Yeah, because you're hitting on what, what the, Holy, the Holy Spirit is passionate about what you're saying because a lot of the father's kids aren't wired this way. There's a reason they're not, and cynicism is at a high hmm. point right now. So the question is, why? Where's this coming from? I think, um, I mean, I, I, I watched a lot of my friends, I'm 44 now, when I was a young adult, when I was 22, 24, um, we were passionate, we were on, on what, what you would describe as on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and we wanted to, we thought we could change the world. And then uh, things happen, so um, you get a job, you get a girlfriend, maybe you get married, mm -hmm. uh, you get a mortgage, you get a car, uh, you get children. This stuff builds up, all of which are blessings in life if you hold them the right way. Uh, but it, it, it's like Jesus described on the parable of the sower. He said, it's like the cares of this world, if you're not careful. And I, I see people, and the more, the more you have 
materially or that's not necessarily fair to say but the danger is that you stop needing God mm-hmm. and so as people have other things that fill their attention and time they move away from being dependent on God um, faith is built when you have then there's nowhere else to go other than God you have to lean into him so uh, I think the cynicism comes I watched it often in guys in their 30s and into their 40s life hasn't quite worked out how you expected you didn't change the world you know, newsflash, you and I are not the centre of the universe. It takes a while to work that out. It took me a while to work that out. I may still be working that out, right? Um, and 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 people turn in on God. They blame God uh, for not answering what, what their plans were or what their dreams and hopes were. Whereas actually the Lord says, delight yourself in me and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you delight yourself in God, your desires become his desires not that his desires become your desires it's not it's not that he fulfills your every wish it's that your desires get into line with what his are if that makes any sense um so the cynicism for me comes from not having enough to do and rely on faith um if you don't need god you're going to devalue him um and if you don't if if, for people who who focus uh who who uh, um, okay, the people who who aren't cynical are the people who try to push into the into the unknown realms, the the kingdom realms. They're like, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I know there's more in God. I might not be seeing it all, but I know there's more. And so they will try. They'll try and pray for. They'll try and do what Jesus told us to do in Luke 10. They'll try and heal the sick, or raise the dead, or cast out demons, or give away freely, live freely. Um, live without too many possessions that hold you the try and um, preach the good news share the good news with people and it's those people who are not cynical because that's what Jesus told us to do but this, I see the cynicism usually in the people who are actually not doing the things that Jesus asked us to do let me ask you this because I think that consecration it plays a huge role in this conversation what is consecration and how do you consecrate yourself in order to choose into this. Let me give you an example. It's a lot easier to be dependent upon God when you go on a long extended fast, right? So if comfort perhaps is uh, an idol, if you will, that keeps us from deep friendship with the Father, then there's some things that we can do on our end to stir our own hunger up. Example, back away from food for a while, you'll depend on him more. Back away from technology for a while, you'll depend on him more. You're a person that you and Marjorie, when I'm around you, you you two stay hungry. What is consecration to you, and how do you choose into it? For me, a ten mile walk on Wednesdays, it costs me something. Mm. What do you do that costs you something? Talk to people. As an introvert, you're saying that. Yeah. Um, No, I think the uh, community is part of that. So God is revealed in community, lives in community, is a trinity, is is already living in community, which is what we're supposed to do. And I've had to train myself, allow myself to have an open life-ish. There are some things you keep, you know, private or between your wife and you, you know, obviously. But there's a there's an openness to our to our, our life that I share with a lot of people. And for me as a person that I prefer to shut the door and watch TV or read a book or just go for a walk or be on my own. That's partly the consecration thing for me. I see. That's part of the cost. But um, 
uh, we're supposed to. That, I mean, I'm not just saying we're supposed to do that. It's for our good that we yes. live in community, and I've I've had to learn how to share life with other people, share my home, share the time with the kids, share possessions, share food. But the richness that comes as you share your life with others is extraordinary. When we choose into things that cost us, it typically will provide us opportunities to connect with Him in deeper ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I just noticed that a cure for cynicism. Step into something with the Father that costs you something. Mm-hmm. Yes, hunger is sovereign. There are times where He woos us, and it's I'm just following the the voice and the sound of, of my Heavenly Father wooing me into a deeper place of friendship with Him. But I'll tell you what else. When I give Him my first fruits of my time, like for me, the opposite would be true of what you're saying. For me to choose into a higher level of seclusion uh, would cost me more. Right. A long walk with the Father would cost me more. Community would be more easy for me as a extrovert. Sure. I have just found, I feel like I want to bless whoever's listening to us. If you feel like you're in a stale place, a cynical place, do something to jar yourself out, out of it. Stir up your own faith. Matter of fact, I'm going to just speak a blessing as we close this podcast. I want to say this. If you're in a, in a dry, stale place and you want to have be resuscitated, just a, just a good shock to the system, hmm. I bless you with revelation on what it means to do what Joshua said. He said, consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow God's going to do something great. Give the Father a target to hit. Ask the Father what you can give up for a while and just create some space to see his kindness explode in your life. And may comfort never be an idol for any of us. God bless. Go in peace.